I'm Will Hedrick. And I'm Jordan Schaffer. And this is Dog Years and Timestamps, a book club podcast. Uh, finally know why it's red seas under red skies. I believe I know why. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. isn't, <laughs> isn't it like instead of them having like a pirate's flag, they have a red sail? Like throw up the red. Um, I assume that's just like the flags that they throw up. I don't okay, I so, think it was like a whole separate sail. Because don't we get in a fight right after we get commandeered? Sorry, I'm skipping right to the end of what happened in this section, like where we left off Locke and Jean. They were still yeah. back in, what's it called? <laughs> I've already forgotten the name of the city. Val on Mort, no. Uh, yeah, Val something. Anyway, the gambling city mm-hmm. where the Archon is. Yeah, I I had the Tolverar. Wi- yeah, that's what it was. I had the wiki up just earlier, like oh, yeah. refreshing myself on the names because I wanted to remember who Jean, Jean fell in love with, and it wasn't the captain; it was the, the lieutenant. Or whatever. yeah, but what are they calling her? Like the left lieutenant or something? I don't know. Just some silly new name for just this some, book. Yeah. Nothing else. Nothing. Uh, just a little overly technical and unnecessary. <laughs> Which I hate to even bring this up, but it's like, wasn't that? Super obvious to why Locke and Jean were not captain and first mate, you know, on a ship. Like, they didn't have all these years of experience because they didn't know the hierarchy of matriarchal ship or whatever their case was. I don't know if it's necessarily. Yeah. Honestly, I don't feel like this is a whole different discussion. I won't even do that. I was about to start talking about matriarchy versus patriarchy. Um, (laughs) But I just, what I meant was, felt like their ship was run by women. And so maybe it had different names for things, or maybe maybe just because of who the ship was, they were the Crimson uh, Tide, Roll Tide? No. <laughs> uh, crimson. Um, like Crimson Lily or something like that. Hmm. It can't just be who they're affiliated with. Like, that's why they have these ranks. Like, it's probably the way she runs her ship. Yeah. And I mean, and she was, like, known throughout folklore, like, gossip mongering, like, among pirates. Well, quote-unquote pirates. Right, yeah. She's like the legendary pirate. Yeah, like not only should we have heard of her, but we should have also known about her like lieutenant and <laughs> in the ranks. And I don't know, there were just a lot of things that it seemed like they were giving them the benefit of the doubt a lot more than they maybe deserved. But I guess you don't just straight up assume you don't know our hierarchy. Like there's no way you're the captain on this ship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, just true. throw it out. It seems like a harsh guideline. Yeah, like if a pilot came onto a ship and called a like a flight attendant, like a stewardess, it's like, oh, you don't know that we don't call him that anymore? You're obviously not a captain. <laughs> like, you can't fly this plane anymore. <laughs> like, we wouldn't do that. You'd just be like, hey, buddy, you can't you don't say that anymore. <laughs> like, not, it's not even a bad word, but it was gendering the job, I think is what it did. Um, this book makes me think about a lot of those issues, especially right now. Maybe just because we're talking about them, but. Yeah. I don't know. What'd you think about it? I felt like, yeah, what'd you think? Um, I can't see where things are going. <laughs> not totally. I was trying to think back to what I was thinking by this point reading the first book. And I'm not entirely sure that I knew exactly what was happening then either. Which isn't the point, I don't think, in this series of books. I think this series of books is, like we talked about last week even, or last episode rather, is that it's like in Ocean's Eleven. It's like, a, you know, something of that nature where the point of the movie is to just be along the further ride and then whenever the reveal comes around, be like, oh, ah, oh, you know. Yeah, all the... Yeah, all the like, dots wow, are connected. Oh, that's so smart. You know, it's, it's about, you know, marveling at the reveal rather than, mm-hmm. you know, really trying to pinpoint what the problem is or what the mystery is. It's not necessarily about you figuring it out, though it gives you some stuff to kind of work with. Like, I think I know what happens with the chairs now, but it's still just like, you know, a vague guess. What do you think? They contain some sort of like disbursement system. Mm-hmm. Something that can spray out liquid or aerosolize it or whatever, you know. 
Mm-hmm. And then he made a big deal about those cards that Drakasha almost threw out because they yeah. were alchemical cement disguised to look as cards. So he needs them to be the cards at some sort of a card game back at the uh, Tin Spire where they sit in those chairs. And mm. that's how Locke captures people somehow by cementing their hands to the tail or whatever, right? Yeah, he just like... Because the chairs will disperse the alcohol that then causes the alchemical cement cards to react and turn into their more cement form. It's something like that. And they put That's in all their, that I've been able to put together so far. They filled them with their knockoff, like, Astrochalon brandy. So that, like, <laughs> yeah, that comes back. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, no, we filled your chairs with dope booze. Don't worry. Like, right. you, can, you can refill so your like, drink at, like, while you're sitting there. <laughs> and then so it's there's, like, like, a like, mystery that I think was able to be solved by this point, if I'm not totally wrong with that. Yeah. And, but I don't think the point of the book is to be able to solve all mysteries. I think it's totally to just be along for the ride. Yeah. Who's he hoping to capture with those chairs? Because aren't they, they a he gift? He gave them for, to, to Rakeen. And that's the guy who's got them. Who runs the Sinspire. Under poison threat, right? No, that's oh. the Archon who runs the military. What's the Sinspire then? The gambling place. Oh, thanks. Okay. I just sort of assumed we were all underworld again. And I keep forgetting that. Locke was posing as like a legit naval officer or whatever. And yeah. that's why he was also getting some some discourse from the people. Yeah, because the Archon needs a pirate uprising to justify him remaining in power and being financed like he once was. Mm. Because the Priory, which is like the official government of Helverar, is like defunding him. And so if like a war is about, then he'll have reason to be like, see, this is why you need me around and get all his money back. Hmm. So that's what he's sending Locke to do is to go stir up an uprising. Yeah, and it's a win-win for him because if he fails, it's like the same thing that happened with both when the the, the mayor sent him out to uh, right, take yeah. care of the bandits. It's like you can't lose there. Either they do it and they do exactly what you want or they die and that's half of what you wanted. Right, <laughs> so yeah. yeah. It's, it's weird when you have these characters that like, I was about to call him like a Vegeta element because for the longest time in Dragon Ball Z, Vegeta was not necessarily... Like, he was bad guy initially, and then he was anti-hero's wrong, the wrong word, but he wasn't a good guy either. He was, like, chaotic neutral, maybe. Hmm. Only worried about himself, but also chaotic. That's, like, the, the vibe I'm getting. Just, like, this Vegeta vibe. It's, like, who who are we going to be friends with at the end is kind of what I'm trying to figure out. And is it any of them? Like, do we make friends with the guy that poisoned us because we're, like, ah, oh, you were just as clever as us. We're all, <laughs> we're all scallywags in the end, you know? Or is it, right. like... Like, do we pull anybody out of this city with us to mm-hmm. the next book? Exactly. I think that... Hopefully the love interests, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd just be a bummer to lose Jean's first love or whatever. Right. I think um, that there's a hint at a greater force happening with the Archon and Moraine, the lady who's always picking them up and taking them to him, Locke and Jean, that is, because she works for somebody else. She's just the liaison between whoever her boss is and the Archon, and is just assisting the Archon and dealing with Locke and Jean. And then she does the thing where she goes and kills all the naval officers at the prison, even though Locke and Jean took a lot of effort to not kill them because the Archon said so. Yeah. And so the Archon was like, if you kill any of my men, even though that, you know, you're breaking into the prison or whatever, then it's going to be a big problem. And so Moraine, like, behind them as they leave the prison goes and kills mm-hmm. all of them. So she's doing something there. Um, but I think that the Archon is, like, secret good guy because he seems to be under the impression that whoever it is that Moraine is working for wants... They, they have a brief discussion and we get a point of view from the Archon's point of view, which is odd. Mm-hmm. And, and they talk about... 
yes, we can move on to the next part of the plan or something like, uh, like Freemasons shit or something <laughs> like that, you know, like, you know, for the greater good shit. That was a note that I had. It was like, is the Arcana a good guy? Like, secret good guy, like, for the greater part of the world or something? Like, you know, this is how we fight off the Bonds Magi or something like that, you know? Yeah, that's super unfortunate, too, because Locke and Jean are getting the bad rep with him now for killing his men, right? Yeah. If the Archon is good guy thinking that he's subscribing to greater good philosophies, mm-hmm. Moraine is not only duping Locke and Jean, but duping the Archon as well. Mm-hmm. By being like, yeah, this is for the greater good, but we also have our own ends, which one of them is to kill Walk and Jean for some reason. Yeah. Or get them in trouble with you enough that you dispose of them or whatever, you know? Yeah, the Thorn of Gamor. Like, it must be something related to that, like his old misdeeds, right? Possibly. Why else? Why else would somebody be so avidly like, I got to kill this fool? Maybe Moraine is secretly part of the Bonds Magi or something. I don't know. Oh, dude, it's probably Chains reincarnated testing them. Um, okay so the first mate on the lady ship sorry for my rough on the lady ship uh orchid something orchid is the name of the ship purple orchid something like that purple orchid poison orchid the poison orchid there you go purple orca Purple Orca. That's purple the, Orca. That's, that's the name the, of my pirate ship is the Purple Orca. Well, it's already been taken for that anime I really like, Black Clover. It's one of the oh, it's one of the magic it. it's one of the magic night squads, the purple orca. Damn. <laughs> they actually were the bad guys in like er, spoiler alert, in like one of the early seasons there were like the leader of that group was actually like a bad guy. Oh yeah. Like his magic was like it seemed like it was it had to do with money. <laughs> it was like <laughs> that's lame. <laughs> But uh, he was—he got all the way to Magic Knight Captain, so he didn't suck. But <laughs> different story. Why did all that come up? The Magic Knights. Oh, Purple Orca is the name of the ship. Okay, so on the lady ship, the uh, the Poison Orca. No, the po- Poison Orchid. Um, <laughs> the second in command. Does she have special powers? Does she have magic? I don't think so. I don't think anybody does. Hmm, for some reason, I thought someone was using magic somewhere. Not that I've seen. Hmm. Okay, something's fishy. (laughs) (laughs) Something's going on behind the scenes. All right, well, where we left off last time, I know it's kind of a random way to do the the order of the show, but I feel like we left off with the chairs. That was one of the last things. That was... Yeah, it was... was, Like the last reminiscence, I think. Jean and Locke getting prepped to go to sea. Mm -hmm. And so, like, they they went through some, like, quick training. training Yeah, yeah. and then they dropped the ball on a couple things. Like, they didn't bring cats on board, and they didn't have women. Like, how many women were they supposed to have? And they then how many have cats? Like three or four, but they all got like the pox last second. Oh, cute! And so they couldn't be. They had to be brought back to land, and they weren't on the island prison anymore because they had to be sequestered from the rest of the prisoner population. Moraine. Yeah, it's probably her freaking fault. Probably did that as well. Gave him the pox. And then, um, especially if they were Locke in prison, just forgot the cats because he's stupid. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's all random. There is to it. He's just dumb. <laughs> yeah, what's the point of that? Like. It's just a superstition, just like any other superstition that exists in the real world. You know, it's all just dumb shit. More what I'm thinking is like, why did Scott Lynch think, that's his name, right? Yeah, the, the author. Yeah, it sounds, it, makes, it always makes me think of like Dennis Leary and David Lynch. That's <laughs> a guy, right? David Lynch is a guy? Yeah, I think he's like a relatively famous comedic writer, if I remember correctly. And one of them is a singer too, right? That was a, like a comedic singer, Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary is just an actor, isn't he? Didn't he? play like the lead in rescue me or whatever that firefighter <laughs> yeah he did <laughs> um and then he the dad in the second run of spider-man 
in which Andrew Garfield played Toby, not in which Andrew Garfield played Toby McGuire, in which Andrew Garfield played Peter Parker, and Emma Stone played Stacy Gwen, Gwen Stacy. I like how you said the name of the movie. You said it like it was the last name. What? Spider Man. Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> Topher Spider Man. No, what's his name in the show? Um, Peter Spider Man. Peter Parker. Yeah, well, Spider-Man. <laughs> Peter Spider-Man Spider Parker. Peter, Peter Peterman Parker. Yeah, say that a bunch of times fast. Can't. Just as many as you can. Five, three, <laughs> twice. Um, going off on tangents. Bouncing around. Yeah. Okay, so. Lynch, Scott Lynch. Yeah, why we were did. talking about like, why did he choose cats. Yeah, well, thank you. Why, like, was he just trying to be cute and f- come up with a fun superstition? Was that, like, a legit thing? Like, they had a cat or two on board because... I'm sure that cats made their way onto ships here and there in real life. It does seem like something that he made, like, a distinct effort. To be like, what can I make a thing? Yeah, I mean, my only logic there is some field trip we went on in, I believe, elementary school, if not intermediate, and it was to a live replica of the Nina Pinta or the Santa Maria. I can't remember which yeah. one, but it was one of the three Columbus ships. And we went on it, and I think it was supposed to be the biggest one or, like, the smallest one. I can't remember, but I want to say it was the biggest one, Mm -hmm. and that was supposed to be how, like, dumbfoundingly crazy it was that he took three ships that were that small (laughs) across the Atlantic Ocean Mm -hmm. just on a blind mission. Like, kind of crazy that, wasn't it, did Spain or France? It was uh, Spain. Spain. That funded Columbus. Funded him, yeah. yeah. God, he must have been crazy. He must have sounded crazy going around pitching that idea to everybody. (laughs) Like, give me three boats. Took I'll go check time. it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, another tangent. But, okay, so, but, like, the rats on on board, remember when they showed us, like, below deck how they were, like, there were rats on de- on board, and they yeah. would be this big. And it was, like, holy hell. Like, they were enormous. Oh, right. dude. They were, like, yeah. as big as Vader. They were, yeah, like, they a, were like, scary. Yeah, they were between <laughs> small and medium dog size. Yeah, they were, like, way scary. And then it was also a scary version of a rat, too. It was, like, a... It had its like teeth out and it was like right, red eyed. Yeah. It was evil looking. It was, it was like it stuck with me back then because I remember our entire class. I don't know if we were in the same class that year in school, but I remember like our entire classroom, 20 to 30 kids per class. Yeah. And I think each class went on the boat different in different squads or different pods or whatever. And uh, just thinking like our 30 kids on this boat, how cramped it was. And there were like 70 people per boat right or like 40 50 men per boat something like that yeah i, I assume that they were smaller back then because yeah th- europeans were a lot a... smaller than like whenever once trade like started happening more frequently between the colonies and the old world the europeans coming back would be like holy shit those motherfuckers are growing over there <laughs> mm. they're getting big yeah <laughs> we need to go yeah, we need to start taxing them more or something <laughs> We tax them more. They're going to be hard to fight off if they uprise. Yeah. America. America. But, I mean, was that, that, that's where I went, logically. I was like, maybe they have a cat on board to kill the giant rats. Yeah. Or maybe like, maybe. I mean, I would definitely see that. That would totally be something that I would maybe consider. Like, my second trip on a boat or something. I'd be like, yeah. hey, why don't we get cats this time? Yeah, maybe there was a fun pirate too back in the day that like had a, a, had a cat. <laughs> yeah, that had a cat or Having two a on cat it. cat makes you fun. Well, I mean, it's weird. It's, de- <laughs> it's definitely not like something you would think that they would bring on board. If it's, anything, yeah, you'd think, you think it'd be like a dog or a bird. You think, about. you think parrot most of the time when you think of a pirate, but like, yeah, that would be a fucking nightmare. But it does seem like something 
that he was kind of like, I need to make a thing. Actually, having a bird on a boat wouldn't be that bad. You'd have a buddy with you all the time, especially if you were like, well, even if you weren't the captain, if you were like the anybody, if they let you have the bird on the boat, share your lunch with it, your worder. <laughs> and you uh and then like it would it could fly by the boat with you not go anywhere that's true where's it gonna go somewhere, boat? somewhere else on the boat yeah <laughs> <laughs> can't imagine it'll like everyone on the boat either maybe it will just the cool and then and then it's like captain can we put the bird in your room while we're fighting this other crew because i don't want to lose my bird <laughs> like uh, that that's the the <laughs> thing i never understood it was like what do they do with their cool animals on the on board the monkey in Prices of the caribbean would fight <laughs> Oh, yeah, the skeleton monkey. Yeah. The undead monkey. Uh, Marcel from Friends. Wasn't that the... Uh, Maybe. I have no idea. It's that same style of monkey, whatever the, oh, like the, the Ace Ventura monkey was, whatever like that. Like or whatever. I think I could be totally wrong. I don't remember. <laughs> Probably is. Um, yeah, but, like, what is... I mean, th- that's the only thing I can think of is just, like, you're the captain or, you're, or you have some station on the boat. So you have like a little extra room, and you and like they're they're cool with you bringing a, a weird pet on board, like a like I could see there being a snake guy on board, or like a, a snake guy, or or like a maybe one of the guys befriended one of the ship rats or whatever, <laughs> you know? Like I don't know, you get bored on a boat, but why? I mean, why why were women there? Just like just be, just well, because women are equal, or for like... sex, or like because they made it seem very obvious, like hey, on the on the girls' boat, it was like hey, this is like y'all are allowed to. To, no, the women were there because the um, what's his name, uh, Childress, the person who was helping them like actually sail the boat, uh, says that women just make really good officers. And it's just a thing that all people on the ocean know. Gotcha. Just something about they're able to be more level-headed or whatever. You know, <laughs> that always seems to be the, the, <laughs> yeah. the thing for women. Being... It seems to be it. Certainly, thinking about whenever this book came out, it seemed like it was maybe attempting to make like a snide comment about equality in the workplace and stuff like that. I got you. Just sort of like, you know, it just seems a little heavy handed, I guess maybe is what I mean to get at. Just seems kind of out of place where if the idea is that there are no gender norms in this world, like I already knew that. I just already knew that because it's been relatively well depicted so far. (laughs) But then like that comment kind of out of nowhere unprompted almost was sort of like well that's a little heavier handed that you then you've handled it before to this point yeah i think that's what that was meant to to say was that um well i mean child just literally says it is that oh yeah women make great officers on ships you always want to have a couple on board and and also part of it is all of it goes also back to the god of the ocean mm-hmm. uh, he's like obsessed with women from the land because they're not from the ocean or whatever and then he also apparently respects cats because they're so full of themselves. And he's sort of just like, ha, look at you cheeky fuckers. <laughs> is that, is that, uh, that's what child just says. I know. But like, <laughs> is that like him making it a backhanded comment about the women equality in the workplace? Because it's like, no, women are cats, <laughs> <laughs> women are cats and men are dogs. And there's no two ways about it. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't even thought about those being the two things in this situation. I mean, me neither until you said them side by side. Yeah. But like, as you said it, I was like, is this a double handed thing? Like it was a comment about women equality in the workplace because they are like just as good and level headed and stuff. Or was it, and then was it also saying like, but they're also like cats? (laughs) Like, I don't know. 
saying saying women are like cats too like i know that comes off like with the way i made it come off was like it was a diss but it was like when when you pull the things out and you put them on paper it's like those are probably the qualities you'd want in a in like a cap you wouldn't want like uh ranger my dog as the captain <laughs> you yeah. know you probably you wouldn't want morty as the captain either he's a lazy cat but he's much more independent you know so that's like maybe that's mm-hmm. and they're you know they are kind of sassy what was what did you say uh, what did you say as the fun oh, term what? of endearment that the god gives the cats? He thought they were cheeky. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That just like how proud and uh, you know full of themselves that they were. I'm imagining a really fluffy cat. Respects, apparently, like a really fluffy cat. Yeah, white. I feel like that would be a pain in the ass to be a really fluffy cat out on the ocean. Mm, well, it didn't pick its hair. <laughs> <laughs> that was the hair it was born with. Except on cold days, that cat's like, oh, suck it. That's true. It would and, be beneficial then. Dude, I know this doesn't matter, but I watched a TikTok video where I thought I was watching someone make, like, yarn to... What? Yeah, I thought, because they had, like, all these, like, wads of what looked like cotton, and the only reason I'm thinking about it now is because I always thought it'd be kind of cool if you had a dog with, like, really thick and soft hair, like a husky or an Australian shepherd or Mm -hmm. something like that. I saw on um, Alaskan Bush People, they did it, actually. They have this, like, Great Pyrenees, big, fluffy dog, and it might be a different type of dog, doesn't matter. But uh, they, the, one of the daughters collected a, a ton of its hair, and they ended up braiding it into a cool little like wristband, okay, like, yeah. a, like a little thing for the dad to wear, and they gave it to him on Father's Day because he loved the dog or whatever. It was cute. But ever since then, I was thinking, like, is that another reason people would keep such a fuzzy animal around as like maybe a, a means to make? Well, that's part of the reason people keep sheep around. Yeah. I mean, you can eat them and they make clothes. In a society where there literally is no waste, maybe a fluffy cat would be make a beanie out of them. <laughs> cat bean. Cat beanie. That, I, I don't know why I acted like I was going to say more after the word that. That was the end of the statement. I've seen that. <laughs> yeah, uh, it seems like it would be a lot more common in just like this society we live in that's so obsessed with our pets. Yeah, like It seems like it'd be, look what I did with my dog. I bet hair. there's a shop somewhere here in fucking Austin. They're like, okay, collect like a week's worth of your dog's fur, bring it here, and I can make you, I don't know, what do you think, like four pairs of socks? How much does it shed? You know, like, not, I, I guarantee get, you there's a shop around here somewhere in this fucking city that does that. Well, I mean, not to get morbid about it, but I mean, that could be something you do with the dog before you cremate it or whatever, or bury it. Maybe you shave si- it. Maybe you send and, it to that shop and they yeah. shave it. And this is our idea, bro. We need to do this. This is our million dollar idea. We actually probably should write there's that down. There's a taxidermist just up the street. Let's partner with them. That's actually, <laughs> dude, what if this is like how we get rich? Like we just prey on everyone's need to like be sweet and Retain loving. All their pets, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and exactly. Cause I, I would like a pet memorabilia thing. So like if I could have something oh, like that with a fuzzy weird, pet. Like the black house, like, like Grimmauld place where you just had like a, a taxidermied, uh, every one of your ever dogs ever. Well, see, that's the thing too. Just a hallway. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be creepy. The taxidermying your pet. But people do that. They'll taxidermy oh, yeah, they their their do. dogs and cats. That's and... the that's a whole bit in the whole fucking episode show of Scrubs. Is, yeah, is what's his name Rufus? Mm-hmm. Is oh yeah, <laughs> uh, Turk's dog. That or is it or is it JD's dog? I can't remember. Is whatever. Yeah, they have that. But they have it. The whole fucking dog. show just sitting in the fucking house or the apartment wherever they live in. The only thing I think about from that show is the I can do this all on my own. The song. Oh, it's the just, introduction, it, intro song, yeah. I hear it every now and then at the store. I'm like, I'm was no this a radio man. hit too? Or was it just, or did it just pop off from the show? I'm no Superman. 
that song is so catchy. <laughs> it always made me happy when the show started. Yeah. Like I watched the intro probably every time because it was like the yeah. cute little song. It's a good intro. Yeah. It's decent. It's a pretty good show for the, most of it. Well, dude, um, let's remember that million dollar idea. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm going to write it down actually. Do it. Um, do you have any notes? You want to hit me with a note I, of yours while I write my... The only notes that I had was the one about um, Dragos, the Archon, maybe being like a good guy. Like he wants like this greater good that he believes in or whatever. That it was weird that we got a point of view from him which I felt like sort of signaled the potential for him to be like a good guy in the future. Cause it's, it's just weird whenever you provide points of views for characters that aren't your main characters. Yeah. Cause I, mean, I don't think that it's happened up to this point, except for like, maybe we've been through like, like maybe he Tolkien dust and put us in a Fox at one point, you know, in Neverwhere they did that. Cause they put us in the mind of the two grunt minions that were the bad guys. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Wallace and Gromit, whatever their names are, I can't remember. I can't, yeah, I can't remember their names. Um, it's like Crouch and something. Barty and Crouch. Barty no. <laughs> and Crouch. Uh, but yeah, I, I remember going in their minds and going in the minds of like the evil guys and that. But mm-hmm. it was just it was an outlet to see more of the world. I think yeah. because we were using, um, like this you know generic bumbling English character, right? Oh, it was yeah. Martin Freeman in my mind, and uh, and it was definitely not the image that he painted because I was like, I'm not going to imagine you. In this book, you yeah, dork. he was sort of describing himself for sure. He's like, in a sexy yeah. way, he looked like a dork. It's like, no, dude. <laughs> Whatever, like, yeah. And then you look at his picture on the back. It's like, okay, yeah, I see what you did, okay, there. buddy. Yeah, um, okay. But that that's not a common thing for this book to have us pop into at least. Yeah, the up to this point, I don't know that yeah. it happened. Yeah, so that maybe could be he wrong. Is... It's been a long time since we read the first one, Ugh. but it hadn't happened yet in this book. Well, dude, if, if he is the secret good guy and Locke's reputation is ruined with him because he killed his dudes, like he killed his soldiers when he wasn't supposed to, like Locke... Unless that's th- part of it is like part of the aha is that Locke knew that Moraine would probably do something at some point and so he knew to already be looking out for that and counter it and that's part of the plan or whatever, you know? <laughs> the more we read, the more we read, I'm like, Locke's an idiot and he just sold his soul to the god of the god of 13 or whatever yeah. because he's only relevant when like literally... Not literally. I was about to say when literally shit is hitting the fan. That's not. That's never been the case in this book. <laughs> when things are going crazy, though, <laughs> um, le- that's when Locke shines because like he can come up with good plans that are normal. But like his time to shine, just like Harry in Harry Potter, was when He's it was time to act. Factor. Exactly. Yeah. He has the clutch factor, and and it shows a little bit. Like in well, his acting ability is above of all the gentleman bastards. He was the one that always played the lead because he was the best at affecting some character and being able to convince people to go along with their, whatever their scheme was going to be. He's like the mastermind. Well, I also feel like when it comes time to make like the crazy rash decision as well, like maybe it's physical or like to sway their oceans 11 scheme, like to make Mm -hmm. it actually sway in their favor when things are all going wrong. Like he's the one that can reformulate the plan in a fraction of a second or whatever. And be like, this is might just be crazy enough to work, but that's always the the idea. It's never like Sherlock Holmes mind palace kind of moment where he's able to determine what he wants to do in no time at all, you know, but it'd be one of those scenes like, um, I'll be Jean and you be Locke. No. <laughs> Locke, Locke would look at Jean, though, and it'd, like, they'd be talking about what to do, and he'd like look at him, and he'd, he'd give him that look, and Jean would be like, no, that's crazy. And then he's like, but it could work. That's how, you know, like it'd be, right, it's yeah. crazy enough, it might just work. <laughs> yeah. That moment would definitely be in the film adaptation. Oh, yeah. 100%. And then we would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for <laughs> <laughs> um, 
my references are old, dude. How old am I? 30. Oh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> 30 is a cool number. I've been telling people I was that for five years. <laughs> what? I don't know why. Just because I pretty much, like, they were like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> okay. I didn't know that. That's yeah, weird. I pretty much looked 30 since I grew my beard out, I think. The beard does age you more than it does some people for some reason. It ages me a lot, too. I have a feeling, though, it will also preserve us. Like, it, we won't look crazy older than 30 when we're 40. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Maybe. We'll find out. I hope I get that dope salt and pepper. I don't have it, the pepper, but, like, the, the salt mixed into the cinnamon whatever i have salt, <laughs> salt and red and cinnamon. sounds disgusting <laughs> when we were talking in the very beginning of the podcast you were like what was i thinking about in this point in the first book mm-hmm. it got me thinking that the, really the only things we knew by this point in the first book was the underlying heist that they were trying to do and then it was like character development, right? Like, wasn't it just character I think development we knew hopping about back and the forth? Gray Prince or whoever. The oh bad yeah, guy was. and they alluded to that secondary plot. Like he had shown up at this point and was yeah. doing some stuff. Yeah, and there was we we didn't know what his goal was yet for mm-hmm. sure, but I think that Locke might have even encountered him at least once by this point. Of course, the um, Chandran. <laughs> They're all yeah. the same book, dude. <laughs> they really, they, there's a reason that they call it the hero's journey. You know? Yeah, it's that's the, a great point. I didn't even think of that. There are definitely archetypes that are inescapable in this day and age. You can't get away from, you know, it's, it's 2021. We've been telling stories for a real fucking long time at this point. <laughs> um, to do something wholly original is like, you know, maybe once every like 30 years or something. No, dude, this is original. We've got cats on a boat. True. But we forgot ours. I had never considered it before. And there's going to be a mutiny. Mutiny already happened. Now we're on the poison orchid. Because of the dang cats, Cap- bruh. Captain Boss Bitch. I do like how cool everyone was at the mutiny. They were, like, rational. That's Locke's ability, like you were saying. It's in the clutch factor moments. He somehow can make people, when they're in no state to be making rational thought choices, like, they're fired up, yeah, which is, like, right. proven to be not a good time to make a... <laughs> a critical mm-hmm. life choice or whatever you know like a big decision moment you shouldn't be razzled <laughs> when yeah. you're making it but he can like calm them down and be, and they're like okay well, i guess we do owe you one but we're not going to keep you on board we'll just right, you can yeah. have we'll our extra boat anyway, yeah or we can have one of our titanic escape vessels or whatever those are called yeah call it a rowboat <laughs> yeah but, i mean yeah and they didn't even give him the rows the oars the oars the oar dude i was singing about it oars yeah dude literally oars how crazy to think like back in the day people would probably kill you if you had a better oar than them <laughs> you know what i mean like yours yeah your stick exactly to push the saying. boat is way I better than it. mine mine yeah. is straight up just a stick i believe it actually sure. mine i don't even have a stick i push the boat and i hope the river takes me down the right way <laughs> you've got a freaking stick right, yeah. and then he's probably stole the stick from the guy and then i believe that there's, or he um, t- stole the stick idea, and then he killed the guy with the oar. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, part of the story of this really old comedy uh, movie called uh, The Gods Must Be Crazy, where it takes place out in the Australian bush, and uh, like a pilot is flying over and just throws a Coke bottle out the window, <laughs> and oh, it just no. lands in this encampment. Okay. Like this tribal village or whatever. And they're, they're trying to figure out what to do with it. And they realize that it can be used in all these different ways to like, you know, increase their productivity. Like they're like using it to roll stuff out. They're using it to like hammer stuff. And like, you know, it just becomes like a tool that makes their lives better. And then they start fighting each other over it uh, because like, well, I need to use it for this. Well, I need to use it for that. And my job's more important, you know, blah, blah, blah. Lord and of the so flies. Then they send somebody off with it because they think that it's tearing the village apart. <laughs> Freaking Piggy's glasses or whatever his name was. The fat fat kid in Lord of the Flies? 
Oh, That's yeah. why they freaking broke up, even though those glasses wouldn't make the right light refracturing. Right. Because he was nearsighted. Yeah, if he was farsighted, he would have had the right glasses. But if he was farsighted, he would have seen the rock fall onto him, and he would have moved out of the way. Ah, uh, true. It, I feel like it'd be way better to be... It's been so long since I read that book. I've forgotten so much about it. Before I got, we got off on that tangent, the only underlying things I can think of, like, what's the heist in this one? Like, what is the mm-hmm. underlying heist that we're trying to do? Is it really they just want to steal from Rakeem because they just want to do something big? Because that's what it's being painted as right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like they just, they're doing this job because they want to get back in it. Locke was being like a pity party for a long time, and so they want to get mm-hmm. back in it and take like a high stakes game. Yeah. Is that all there is to it? I guess that's all there ever was to it. Yeah, why it just Locke... got bigger than they intended, and they had and, and everything that happened happened. That's why they had to leave. But they were only stealing. They were trying they to wanted to just steal more and more. They were addicted to the game. I think is what yeah. They were trying to. to be the best. Yeah. yeah. They always wanted to top what they did before. They were just on that growth trajectory. Maybe the new underlying theme of, of the books is to kill all the blood wizards or whatever they are. The Bronze are Magi. Thinking? Yeah, that's the that's definitely the thread that's going to take us through the entire seven book series or however many they're supposed to be. Yeah, so this is, I guess, the rebuilding. Yeah. We're getting back to where we have our team and our supplies again, but I don't feel like at the end of this book we're going to be very much better off than we were. I don't know why. It just it doesn't seem like on boats, be, yeah. unless we end up leaving with a boat and like, a ton of money or like a ton of like outfits or something like I, I don't know like that would be dope honestly if the gentleman bastards had a boat that was their new hideout or whatever that would be oh i'd be like that freaking. movie pirate radio probably <laughs> the movie that came out in 2010 maybe it doesn't matter was that as was that movie in response to everybody pirating no, it oh. was, it was <laughs> a movie about this this ship that was broadcasting rock and roll off the coast of England whenever the BBC didn't want to play true story, that yeah, kind of music, yeah, and so it's a, it was yeah, it was just a like a comedic movie about that story. Um, yeah, so the underlying plot would just be the ice to get at the Bonds Magi and getting back in the game because they're addicted to the game. Locke is probably still looking for that girl. Yeah, I don't know what the deal with Sabatha is. Like, are we expected to think that she means anything more than just a reference that Jean gets to poke at Locke every now and then? I thought or, she was going to be running this boat. And then I was I like, oh, like the, I think that different. would have been like a little too crazy. <laughs> well, I didn't, I mean, we didn't necessarily know what she was doing. So I was like, maybe she's. We don't know anything about her except that she likes the theater and Locke likes her. <laughs> oh. Those are like the only things that we know, and she disappeared at some point. We don't know when in relation to anything. Like, I think that she disappeared before Bug came along, but whatever, right? Like, it doesn't matter. He's dead. (laughs) Yeah, who cares about him anymore? But are we supposed to be expecting her to show up at some point? Does she show up, like, book four? Do we have to wait that long for the Sabbatha? Dude, if it's not this book, it's going to be book four or five. Yeah, no chance for book three? I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe more backstory for her. Like, maybe we'll see why her and Locke have a thing. At some point, we need to get, before she just shows up, we need to get backstory. And I feel like once we see backstory, we're going to be like, ah, this is the book she shows up. (laughs) Book five in The Gunslinger. Like, 40% or more of that book was Roland telling his backstory. Jeez. It it's good. That's a hard thing to throw in the middle of a series, though. (sighs) That's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) And we just... And it, he's so frustrating, man. Like, if we were doing the podcast when this series was coming out, I'd have been so pissed off at the ending of one of the books and the cliffhanger that they left us on. It's like freaking the Game of Thrones level cliffhanger hanger of, like, is Jon Snow dead? Like, we stabbed him 20 times. <laughs> the, all of the Night's Watch stabbed him. Right, Like, 
I hope he's not dead. And if he's not dead, what God brings him back? Because it better not be the fucking fire God that he doesn't believe in. Why would that be the God that brings him back? Because no destiny or whatever. <laughs> because gods don't actually care who worships them. Oh, whoa. That might be true. <laughs> They're just like, you would be a good vessel for my actions. Yeah. <laughs> and I will I bring of, you back and make you mine. Once I sort of started thinking, what if there's more than one God, right? Like, what if everything that I was raised was incorrect? Like, at some point, whenever I started thinking about that, I was like, oh, they probably don't give a shit about us at all. Everything we were raised like, the Greeks were correct. Incorrect. They don't fucking care about us. Everything is at their whim. Like, that's all that there is to it, you know? God, the world is more fun with God and gods in it. <laughs> God or gods. <laughs> In a uh, callback to last week when I was referencing um, the Lightning Thief Percy Jackson books, oh, in that yeah. one they're like, "Oh my god!" They are like the new Olympians, right? Yeah, like they're the, their son, the they're demigods. Of, yeah, yeah, they're demigods, and like that was the thing that they said in like the beginning. Why would you think that the gods stopped doing one of their favorite pastimes, which is like mingling with humans? Right, yeah, <laughs> like of course around. they're still <laughs> doing that in the modern like, era. Duh. Like if they if the gods still if the gods existed in the first place, they're still doing that. So right. Um, but yeah, they would just be like, oh my gods. <laughs> and that book is just... That just sounds stupid. It does, but it's silly. And it by, it the, by, the, end of the, and by the end of the book, you're like, that's like, of course, they have to say it that way. They wouldn't say, oh my God. <laughs> There's more of them. Right. Well, they would say by the gods or something that sounds a little bit more appropriately than just changing like a modern thing with a single letter. <laughs> um, you wouldn't know, having not been raised in that world, to mm. use our current vernacular, Will. How dare you? <laughs> that is funny to think, though, like, you know how everyone was upset at uh, Will Smith for being, like, too modern with his colloquialisms, like, as the genie in Aladdin? That was, like, oh, the I complaint did. of Okay, that him. was a, a story that I missed. Yeah, they were like, he's a little gangster for me. It's like, he's a genie who goes between dimensions. He might have run into some gangsters and liked their, the way they talk, <laughs> you know? Or maybe he was watching a show that he thought was good. Right. Like... Who knows well, the other what he thing was doing? Is that this move, that story doesn't take place in America where they speak English. So the the relation of the 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 way that the information is being related to you as the viewer of that movie is already incorrect for that set piece. Yeah. So shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's it's a fake. <laughs> That's so stupid. It's a fake country with a fake thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So I was like, why is everybody splitting hairs? It's like when they got mad yeah. at another Dragon Ball Z callback. But like when all the Japanese people were upset that Goku was, came out to be 5'10", they were like, oh, you're supposed to be Japanese height. Like in the, the average height of Japanese person was like 5'6", five, 5'7", five, back then. Oh, sure, yeah. And, uh, and Akira Toriyama was like, he's a Saiyan. He's not Japanese. Yeah, what are you talking about? He's literally an alien. Yeah. He's not from our planet. <laughs> he has a tail that got cut off at some point. <laughs> it's like, what do you got? Like, you guys are silly. People are so stupid. People I've get cut. carried away. We'll go with passionate. <laughs> <laughs> I think I took one. Let me, oh, yeah? Yeah. Let me pull it up real Gimme. quick. Gimme. Um, nope. We hit them all. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was, the, it was the cats on board, women on board. Yeah. The next thing is the, the end of it anyway. Yeah. We'll be finishing up the book and talking about the thing as a whole at that point. Yeah. And uh, let us know what you guys uh, want to do for the next book. We have an idea of what we're thinking, but if you guys want us to continue on with this series, I'd be more than happy to keep reading lives. we got to of- start thinking about Dune. Yeah, because man. The movie is not far off. And then uh, we're getting some Witcher teaser stuff. Yes, that, Witcher uh, stuff is coming back. I think yeah. the second season is going to be December 13th, if I remember correctly. And a movie in August, December I believe. December 13th or 16th. Yes, an animated film that's happening at the end of the month or maybe early September. So we're definitely going to do that because Witcher's kind of our thing. 
Yeah, Witcher cast. <laughs> we've read it all. We've yeah. played I mean, the games and we've watched it. And we, I think The Witcher has, as far as a single property goes, has the largest percentage of our coverage. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the books and the show and mm-hmm. the... And I guess that's all that we've really covered at this point, but we spent so much time talking about The Witcher. Yeah, it was, it'd be that or Harry Potter, which we spent a significant amount of time on. Yeah, that was like, what, three and a half to four months or something like that. And I've been talking about the name of the wind since the beginning of the podcast. So really, for three years, we've been doing that. <laughs> <We're> just been, <laughs> this is just entirely a name of the wind show. Patrick Rothfuss, come on our show. <laughs> right, yeah. How freaking crazy would that be? Just like him calling in. Oh, yeah, I wanted to promote my The Doors of Stone on your podcast. <laughs> like, right. Okay, well, we'll get you three sales. You, me, and Ashley probably. <laughs> get her to buy one. Right. But uh, yeah, you guys. Well, we can promise you, Pat, three sales. At least three. Um, but yeah, you guys know what to do for next week. Uh, just finish the book. Let us know what you want for, uh, for the next books. When you want to hear about Dune, that'll be fun read. Yeah, yeah, we need to start planning that out because I want to see the movie. Mm-hmm. I haven't read the book, so or the books, right? Yeah, there's like two of them or three of them. Well, the the movie will be just the book Dune. Um, and and I thought that I heard somebody are... saying that it might get through the first and a half books is what they're sort of thinking, because they want the the director already came out and said I can't get the whole story done in one movie. Of course. <laughs> so I want there to be a second movie, which means that you people need to come see this movie because it's going to be expensive to make it. And they're, if we don't make gangbusters, they're not going to give me a second movie. But I'm going to make this like I'm going to get a second movie. So it sounds like it could be really good that they're not trying to cram everything in or that they're not being cut off halfway through, you know, like they're doing it with purpose. Commenting on that story having come out, somebody was saying that maybe that means that they'll hit like one and a half books with this. And that like that would be that seemed like a sensible place for them to stop if they were going to meet this out like in two, two and a half hour movies or something like that. I certainly don't know because I haven't read any of it, but that would be interesting. Um, the ending of Dune, I could see why maybe they would want to go a little bit further, but it's like, if you go a little further, you can't go halfway through the second book. Cause then you got a new problem to deal with. Right. Yeah. I would, I would expect so in your typical trilogy arc, how mm-hmm. many books are there? Well, that's the other thing too, is I, I always thought that it was, like, if I had to take a guess, I th- I think Frank Herbert wrote three of them. Okay. I know he wrote Dune, obviously, but I don't know if he was responsible for any of the sequels. For some reason, oh, I thought okay. it was his sons that wrote on the sequels because of how much of a huge hit that Dune it. was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll have to look into that because that would be interesting to know. I mean, if anyone, he would have wanted to continue on his legacy and then make their careers based on something that he could pass down, it would be your father. <laughs> you know, like if your dad could hand down his series to you and you could continue it on. Anyway, um, but as far as I would assume, the movie will be the book. It's a long book, and um, the Sci-Fi Channel had a release of like a three-part movie series that they did on Dune mm-hmm. instead of like, because there was an original movie for Dune that came out black and white. The 1984 film was the first film that they did of it. And I think it came out in black and white because they have a colored, color remastered version of it. Um, Maybe it was both. Maybe that was a time period where they still did both. Maybe. And and there could have been scenes where they did that. It was David Lynch and David Lynch is very stylized in that way. Yeah. Maybe he could Uh, get better camera quality with a black and white. Maybe something like that. Yeah. If it fit a scene or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Whatever fucking... Twin Peaksy David Lynch bullshit he was doing. Yeah, I remember that movie being pretty good. And then the three-part movie 
that came out later, I believe, in early 2000s, maybe in the late 90s. I want to say it came out in like 02, 03. And uh, I watched that one. I borrowed it from James's dad who had it. And then I watched it with my dad because he liked the, he read the book and he liked the movie. And so we watched the three part and I got like obsessed with it. I thought it was mm-hmm. really cool and interesting. And um, they made up a new award for it when it came out like it, it oh, won yeah. it won the very first like andromeda award <laughs> for sci-fi <laughs> books like for being a revolutionary sci-fi book like it sounds like they made up the award for yeah, the book it's right. like this is so good we need to we need to right. award you yeah. <laughs> you started a new category yeah like whenever a, a athlete gets an award named after them like the walter payton man of the year award in mm, football or whatever yeah you know? the heisman <laughs> yeah Wasn't that named after a guy yeah i forget that one johnny heisman no johnny i'm kidding heisman, yeah. <laughs> of course. That's why they called Johnny Manziel Johnny Football because of Johnny Heisman. <laughs> um, so, so I guess long story short, I can talk about just like my rough knowledge of my memories of Dune, but uh, those those were the first book, the 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 three part movie and the the single okay, movie. Yeah. Those were all just covering the first book. Mm-hmm. The three part was just more information and better filming quality and stuff, color. Uh, yeah, dude, I cannot wait. That'll be fun. Yeah. Dude, we're going to be able to make all the same, all of my weird references that I make, you'll be able to get. I'll be like, oh, the Quizak Saturday. Yeah, over the course of this show, I'll be catching up to all the things that you talk about. Yeah, there's something right in the beginning of Dune that, like, it causes, like, the most pain you can imagine. And, like, the test is to withstand the pain. Yeah, I saw that in a trailer. Part of the test, though, they have this needle that's on her finger that has poison that'll kill you. Mm-hmm. And she, like, put her finger needle, that's the Kwisak Zadarak, and she put it, like, right next to him. And uh, if he moved, he would, like, prick himself and kill himself. He's cute. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it guys. It seems like a cool th- story. I'm excited yeah. to get into it whenever we get into it. Me too. It comes out towards the end of October. So we've got some time before the movie. Man, I can't wait. It looks like, like it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. I'm excited for it. But yeah, you guys uh, know how to find us. Anchor.fm slash ears-stamps. Uh, that has links to all our social medias and a way you can support us directly through the website or through the platform Anchor. And if you want to go to our social medias, you can go to Instagram or Twitter at ears underscore stamps. And then if you want to email us, you can email us at uh, dogearsandtimestamps at gmail.com. Uh, shout out to Ashley doing all the behind the scenes editing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just finish the book. We'll be done with Red Seas after this, and then, like Jordan was saying, if we all want to continue with it, maybe we can continue with it. I can't wait to finish this book. I, as I was saying before the show, I think I really enjoyed reading this section. Well, next week. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see y'all then. I'm Will Hedrick. I'm Jordan Schaffer. This is Dog Ears and Time Stamps.